Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got Crash Plan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. Crash Plan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the show, we have Britt Colo. She is the creator of the Marketing Personality Type Framework at MarketingPersonalities.com. Through her framework, she's designed a matchup system that works between the best marketing strategies built for you based on your Myers-Briggs personality test. And you guys know we love personality tests, so this is not shocking that Britt is back on the show, but today there's a little twist. Yeah, today Britt is kind of throwing what a lot of us have been raised to believe in this online marketing world, all about finding your ideal avatar and how maybe that's actually not what we should be paying attention to. So be sure to listen to this episode to find out what Britt thinks you should value more than your ideal client or avatar and how you can best filter marketing strategies that feel comfortable, good, and fun so you can be super effective. Hey Britt, welcome back to the show. Hey there. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. If you guys don't remember last time, we talked all about marketing and how your personality type is like intertwined with that. And I thought this concept was fascinating. So fascinating that I went and taught it to my other team and my other business. And I you guys know that we're basically personality type geeks and we'll take all of the tests probably to our demise a little bit because <laughs> I think at some points we've used them to like beat ourselves up for the way we thought we weren't like looking at our weaknesses in the wrong way. But nonetheless, mm-hmm. Britt said something else and she caught my interest today because ironically enough, we were just literally two hours ago <laughs> talking about our ideal customer And whether you want to call that an avatar or you're just profiling who you want to attract or I mean, like literally, regardless of what you want to call it, you just came on and just dropped a bomb and said, what if that was less important than y'all are treating it? And I was like, okay, well, then what do you what? Tell (laughs) me more things. Explain yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. let's just yeah, let's just dive in there. So. Marketing personalities, for the listener who is like, wait, what is this? Marketing personalities is a website where you can be connected with your best marketing strategy based on your personality type. And so the way I frame this up, because at first, you know, it's like anybody who's a personality assessment junkie like the three of us are, or anyone who's looking for a way to do marketing better, right? Because there's so many options. There's so many headaches involved. Most people don't want to do it in the first place. You know, it's an attractive idea at first, but I still watch my audience members, my clients, my customers continue to fall into the trap of chasing their ideal client avatar around the internet. Ideal client avatar, ideal client, ideal customer, whatever you're calling it, right? And What I would like to propose is, it's just a question, 
what if you matter more than your ideal client avatar? What if you, as the person who's so, who's running the business <laughs> and implementing the marketing strategy, what if you matter more than them? Not that no, I'm not saying that you're the one that matters and they're the one that doesn't. It's not that. No, no. It's what if you matter more? So I find this interesting because, <laughs> I mean, while mm-hmm. I definitely think there's so much just like across the board, regardless of if you're growing a business or if you're trying to like change your life or transform in some way, having some self-reflection and self-development, regardless of what you're working on, I am a firm believer that you got to start there and you have, so that makes sense to me, but you go on and telling me that maybe it matters more. I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. So you're going to have to push me a little bit on this because and maybe devil's advocate mm-hmm. is what you need in this situation to prove me wrong. Because I would honestly love to be proved wrong because honestly, I'd love way more to focus on myself. Because <laughs> let's be honest, I'm pretty cool. Just kidding. No, I I, I think... Well, and because most businesses start as like, and we tell our students this, right? That you might be your yes. ideal client when yes. you're first starting, but maybe you outgrow that or you're serving a different person or you're growing in a different way. So I think we've talked about in our students students in the sense of like maybe your past where you're helping your clients or customers right now. But I think, Brett, what you're saying is like that can be true and you still maybe need to prioritize yourself in regards to your marketing but, and But tell me what right? you actually mean. What do you actually mean? Okay. Well, Emily is not far off. What I actually mean is instead of focusing your marketing efforts, your marketing strategy, mind and brain on who your ideal client is and then figuring out where they are online and then chasing them down and making sure that you're where they are. Instead of starting there, I propose for you to start where you are at, who you are, identify what your innate strengths are and what marketing strategy and tactics are going to feel good for you. Because if we can start there, regardless of who your ideal client is, you're going to have a better shot at developing a marketing strategy that actually works. Because, and here's here's the kicker, when you can show up feeling good in your marketing strategy, you are the most magnetic you possibly can be. Mm-hmm. Okay? So when you're feeling good, you're magnetic. When you're feeling fake, salesy, awkward, operating out of shoulds, operating just like, okay, well, I feel like I guess I should do this because this is what my ideal client, well, what I think my ideal client wants to see from me. When you're operating out of that lower grade energy, you're not as magnetic. And there, I mean, marketing 101, you're trying to attract, you're trying to magnetize people to your sphere of influence. So if we can first tap into a marketing strategy that allows you to feel good, that will be the strongest foundation that you can build off of to then attract your clients and customers. Okay. All right. I'm on board. (laughs) I think that makes so much sense because when you really break it down, that's what I want people to do because Mm -hmm. I think so Mm -hmm. often... People are thrown, I mean, just any beginner entrepreneur, you're trying to learn all the strategies all the time. You're like constantly absorbing new knowledge, which is fantastic. Learn the things. You have so much to learn. I get it. But I think especially in the beginning, there's this like, oh my gosh, I have been told that if I don't do it this way, I'm going to mess it up. If I Mm -hmm. don't market Mm -hmm. my business and on this channel that I'm going to fail or that I'm not going to grow as fast as I want to. And I think to our benefit, Emily and I have really, I feel like gone against the grain in some senses where, you know, certain people have been like, Oh, you know what? YouTube is the place to be. I was going to bring up YouTube's the place to be. It is the hot thing. And we've done, so I'm not saying we haven't tried. Okay, this is not to say we haven't tried. We've done the things. We tried it on for size. But I have no desire to grow there. I have no desire mm-hmm. to put on makeup and record five videos and send it to my editor. Like, no, None. I just don't want to do that. 
But if you sit me in mm-hmm. front of a mic, I will talk for seven hours straight <laughs> or until mm-hmm. I can no longer speak because it feels so much more in alignment with my strength. I just don't like being on camera. I mean, not that I can't be on camera. I mean, because I think that's interesting that like, it doesn't just mean, oh, no, and now I don't do any video, you know? Like, I think mm-hmm. there's caveats mm-hmm. to each of those marketing tactics. Now, remind me a little bit. Are these personalities are related to your Myers-Briggs? Yep. Myers-Briggs is the framework that I originally built this off of. Yep. Okay. So for the INFJs in the room, because I know Hello. there are a lot of you, mm-hmm. what does it suggest some of our main strategies or main tactics that are in alignment with that type. Yeah. So for the INFJ specifically, and listeners, if you're not familiar with Myers-Briggs, there are 16 different personality types. So right now we're going to drill down into just one of them. And so if this isn't you, don't worry. I mean, we can talk about your type. You can find information about your type on the site. It's all good. But for the INFJ, the INFJ is so good and feels good developing and publishing long form indoctrination type content. And that could look like long form blogs. It could look like podcasts. It could even look like videos, just depending on the INFJ. The point isn't the format of the content. It's the purpose of the content. And the purpose for the INFJ is to make sure that the person that they eventually take into a sales conversation, a sales pitch, even to a sales page, they want to make sure that that person is definitely qualified to buy and they're not rushing the point of sale. What can feel really fake and salesy to an INFJ is if they feel like they're rushing their customer to make the sale that kind of like that high pressure got to make the sale, even if the person isn't really That's making we don't a like well-educated decision, it oh, can yeah. feel really icky. And so for an INFJ, if that's what we're trying to stay away from, we want to make sure that their marketing strategy has those really crucial touch points to indoctrinate their customer. So once they do get to sell them something, they know that they're selling the customer something that they're qualified to buy. Also, not not to mention, INFJs are prolific. I mean, they're deep, intuitive feelers. And once they're given the time and space to develop that indoctrination type content in a format that they like, man, I mean, they can pump out some content. For you two, we've We've talked about before how, and you just said it, Abby, you just said, you know, hey, put me behind a mic. I'll talk for seven hours. Boom, right there. You've got all the content. You found the format that you really enjoy. Done. I mean, we laughed about this before we hit record. Episode 483. Yeah, I think think you both as INFJs have really (laughs) figured it out. (laughs) Yeah, and it's... 38 you you got a little dyslexic there but still oh, I will there is a 400 guys. in front of that so you know and there will be 483 at some point I'm sure <laughs> oh, I'm, I mean what two weeks yeah. from now you know <laughs> no for sure we definitely like content and even even all these years later I started as a blogger like if I if I really were to not care so much about title. Like that's in essence what I was doing. I was a content creator and I've let it go for a really long time, but picking that keyboard back up, which that's not really what you do. You type (laughs) on a flat surface. She holds the keyboard in the air and types with the other hand. (laughs) Writing again has been really powerful for me. And it's something I didn't even realize I missed, but I think it's just a testament to you have to be in alignment with the types of content that serve you. And I do think there's some seasonality to it. Like podcasting is significantly less time consuming than blogging for the same amount of content, if that makes any sense at all. Like Mm -hmm. I could spend 45 minutes on a podcast and be done. Whereas if I were to write the same kind of lengthy explanation, it would probably take me two to six hours to write it, research it, 
all the things. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I like this concept though of being in alignment first. And mm-hmm. I think we really need to give our listeners like you all need to give yourself a break about you don't mm. have to be in all the places and do all the things and use all the strategies. Like I just wish people would focus a little bit more. Well, and it's like what we were telling our students in our last coaching call. I think I've said this a couple times to our, I call them our kids, but I, for the longest time we've been talking about with our people, right. Of like, yes, go where your audience is, but also like, you don't have to be in all of the places. But I think the piece that was missing that I finally had to drill down with some of our students last month was the first question, the first step of, okay, yes, where are your people is a two part question. It isn't just, okay, well, all of my people are on YouTube or all of my people are browsing Pinterest or Instagram or whatever. It's where are your people and where feels fun for you to show up. Those mm-hmm. two things have to be equal because even if your people are there, but you hate showing up there, it's not going to work. Right. And if you're showing up somewhere you absolutely love, you're going to cultivate probably an audience and people who like you, but maybe who aren't ready to buy from you. So as newbies or as people listening and figuring out, okay, maybe I am being in too many places at the same time. How do we start to do that gut check with ourselves if some things are working, but we maybe realize like, oh, does this not actually feel right? Well, like what are some questions we can ask ourselves to kind of weed through what we've got already on our plate? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So where I would start is take a sheet of paper, grab a fresh Google Doc, and just make a list of all of your marketing efforts that you put in every, let's say every week. And then if there are any monthly cadences or monthly routines, what are you doing on a weekly and monthly basis to market your business? Let's just get a list out. And then I would look through that list and ask yourself, what on this list am I doing simply because I think I should? Where are the shoulds in my list? What are those tasks that are being driven by the shoulds that have been placed on you that you've heard through the internet? Like whatever. If there is not a deeper reason why you're showing up in that place other than I guess I should be, we really got to look at that because that should place should only leads to shame. And I could, this is a whole other thing. I've talked about it several times. Mm. Brene Brown would kiss me. I feel like if she heard me talking about this, cause I totally <laughs> stole it from her, but should can only lead to shame. And shame is if you want to talk about low grade energy, like you can't really get much lower than that. That's not a magnetic mm-hmm. place to be. You're not going to attract people when you're feeling shame ridden and should it all over. And so we got to look at what you're doing, what you're continuing to consciously or unconsciously choose to do for your marketing identify where the shoulds are and wherever they're at, we got to either figure out how to make them less of a should and more of something that you genuinely look forward to, or we got to get rid of it. We got to take the step to say, you know Mm -hmm. what? I'm intentionally taking my energy, my effort, my time, even my money, and I'm going to focus this on something that actually feels good for me. I'm going to let go of the shoulds. That's where I would really start. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This reminds me of there's this clip of Haley Burkhead and she's in an in-person event that she had put together. And this woman is talking and she's like talking about all these places she feels obligated to show up. And she's like, Mm -hmm. I've been blogging and And Haley interrupts her and Haley's like, do you like it? And she said, no. And she's like, stop doing it. Mm -hmm. And I, I remember my first reaction was actually, I was a little bit triggered. I was like, why would you stop doing it? But then I have come to a realization it's because I love blogging. It has nothing to do with other people. Because if you don't like doing it, that obligation is going to make it come out so forced and it's Mm -hmm. just not going to feel good. I remember the, I feel like I've tried to talk Emily into liking Instagram stories forever. <laughs> Not that she doesn't like them now. I think she's kind of figured out her own way. But it was I like pulling like teeth. Them for our business as much as I like them for my side thing though. No, I know. And I don't know why. And I, I don't, don't because 
you get ranty. It's not like you don't have the, it's not like you don't have the like energy for it, but I can't force you to show up that way if it's not something you like. And I mean, I can force you, honestly, I do quite frequently. (laughs) I was like, actually, (laughs) it's an interesting thought when you know, because I think there's this constant juxtaposition with, I like the idea of only doing things I'm in alignment with. Totally on board for that. But then when you have tried it, even if it was out of alignment and you did see results from it, the idea of then giving it up or like putting it on the Mm -hmm. back burner, all of a sudden you Mm -hmm. feel like, oh, man, well, I know for us, what are we doing having grown (laughs) audience of 43,000 people? I laugh because it's so humorous to me. I think 10 of you watch my stories. No, not, I mean, more than that, but (laughs) it feels like 10 of you, okay, like a lot. (laughs) It's like, oh, we have all these quote followers, but because we let go of some of that, I don't know, I don't know what the word is. We just did it out of obligation. Like it grew, but people aren't paying attention. And if they're not paying attention, then why are you doing it? Mm. I don't know. Okay. This is Uh, not, this is not boss project therapy. No, no, but what I'm going (laughs) to, I mean, I would be here for that, but what I'm going to pull out of that is I think what I'm hearing is that sometimes you have a whole laundry list of things that you're doing for marketing and most of it's not working and you're just frustrated. Like, you're just like, what the heck? Like, I got to figure something out. And if most of it's not working and a lot of what's on that list shoulds. Okay. So that's pretty clear cut. A lot of it I'm going to probably recommend like, Hey, why don't we let go of that for 90 days? So you can take your energy, your efforts, your attention, your focus, and put it on what really does feel good. Now on the flip side, there are some times, and this has definitely happened to me. I'll give you a really great example in a minute, but there are definitely going to be times when you've done something initially out of a should, like out of a like, well, I guess I should be here and okay, we'll figure it out. And it kind of works. I mean, on paper, there's a metric or two or three or four that kind of indicates, hey, this is working. And you might kind of cock your head and think like, well, I didn't really feel good while I was doing that. So why did it work? I would start asking deeper questions about what about how you showed up there did feel good. Maybe the whole entire act of it, maybe the routine was off, maybe it didn't initially align, but then you found your groove, kind of like Emily's Instagram stories. Like, I'm curious to know what about it did actually connect with your innate strengths and abilities and what feels good for you. And sometimes, I mean, with the Instagram account for you guys, it could be an I don't want to say unintentional, but like indirect effect of what you've been doing on the podcast that does feel good. So maybe it wasn't really your efforts happening on Instagram that grew your Instagram. Maybe that was overlap or overflow from podcast leading to Instagram. I don't know, but I'm just, I'm curious from my stand, I would want to ask more questions to get a, a deeper feel no, for it. I think at the end of the day, it's not just about where you're showing up. It's also about how you're showing up. And your marketing personality type can certainly speak to where to show up. And there have been times when I've coached people through, all right, well, you know, YouTube doesn't really feel that great right now, but it's super obvious that it could be really powerful for your business. So then let's ask the question, if you were to show up on YouTube, how might you do that in a you kind of way? And then we have this beautiful conversation, not of like, we got to show up on YouTube and try to be like her or him or, you know, follow the marketing trends. But how do we show up on YouTube and still have it feel so you and so core, right? So just good question asking, I think, comes into play here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for those in the back that actually care what my answer is, I'm just <laughs> no, I think part of it is we have to remember that we've been in business a long time. <laughs> like, I mean, not, I get that like certain people have been in business 20 years, 50 years, 100 years, and that's totally different. But in the, 
No, seriously. People have been in business. I mean, not like it's probably they pass it down to their kids, but like there are companies that have existed for a long time. So five years in the grand scheme of things is not that long. Five well, years on the internet is for a long time too. It's like a well, million years in real. But five years on the internet is like a million. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so let's let's just back it out for what it is. The internet has not existed. I mean, right. terribly long. So when you back it out from that perspective, I do think there has been times where or seasons where like. Instagram, just as an example, felt crazy in alignment with what we were doing. And we were showing up really well there. And it did feel really natural. And then I don't really know what changed, though. And I think that's what I'm struggling with. What Stories. When stories, this is my opinion. I feel like when stories were introduced and when the intention behind Instagram from like we used to use it as kind of like a micro blogging platform. So yeah. therefore we liked blogging. So we blogged on Instagram and it worked for us. And when that stopped performing as well, because stories, shorter form content, the feed and order, whatever it's called, shifted, all of that kind of stuff, I think led to just users literally using the platform differently. And we, it didn't feel in alignment with how it was working then slash now we were just not I <laughs> so it, it makes me feel really old but I feel like I'm now like the grandma that's like I don't want to learn new things or new <laughs> strategies like <laughs> so, like it'd be like teaching your grandma how to use an iPhone okay like I feel like some of these platforms I want to use it the way I learned how to use it and it evolved 17 times since then. And now I feel like I'm having to relearn how to use it, even though I've previously seen success, which is so freaking frustrating, y'all. Well, and I'll give my feedback just a little bit, just because I brought this up before. I think we've talked about this a little bit, but I, when you said earlier, you didn't really know why I like, I prefer stories on my personal brand versus boss project. And I think it's truly because the complication and it's, probably just us overcomplicating it. It's not y'all. It's not Instagram. It's not anything else. But the fact that we're two people running Boss Project and I'm one I I can't can't figure it out. I can't figure it out. Two people and one account. I can't figure it out. Well, Hmm. and like with my personal brand, I'm able to be like, here's my messy office and my kid who's crying and then coffee. And that feels more natural and authentic and fun to post there, but not on Boss Project. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and Name I think this is another one business that has two people running it. I want to make sure that I get their name right. I think it's called, could it be the product boss? The product? It's oh, Jacqueline yeah. and Amina. Yeah. Amina. Yeah. And yeah. they're, I, you know, from here, like if you care to figure this out and you don't have to, I'm giving you permission to just not figure Instagram stories out for a long time. It's okay. Nothing's going to implode. Y'all have built a stronger foundation than a business that implodes because of Instagram stories. Not really yeah. working out for you, but regardless, totally. I mean, I, for that. you, you get to, at this point in your business, you get to choose to treat Instagram stories and any of your social media presence as a larger business. And It doesn't necessarily have to come from you. So I think of these really popular brands, like I'm thinking off the top of my head, I'm thinking about Spanx. I love Spanx. I love their Instagram account. I love watching them. I love how they, yeah, I love how they manage their Instagram stories. And it's a huge corporation. It's huge, right? And it's not all about Sarah Blakely. Some of it is about Sarah Blakely, the founder, but it's managed by someone else. So they're telling more of the brand story rather than the personal Sarah Blakely story. Sarah Blakely has her own account for that, right? So that's kind of like, I think you're in an interesting place where you could choose to go that way to loosen up that bottleneck. But I think what has been brought up here, we started by saying that you matter more than your ideal client avatar. I'm also going to extend this to say you matter more than the platform you're on. Because that's another Mm -hmm. place where a lot of people like to focus in on like, okay, to do marketing, I got to be on name the platform, Instagram, YouTube, whatever. And they zero in on 
how some guru is telling them how to use this platform. And if that way that is taught to them doesn't really align with who they are as a person, then it's not going to work. So all of that stuff is valid, but it's not the first thing that's valid. It's not the most important. The most important thing is you. Let's honor what feels good to you and the other things will fall into place. Want to learn exactly step-by-step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low-ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. I feel like we've gotten better at this as we've been Mm -hmm. in business longer. (laughs) So I feel Mm -hmm. like for those listening who are maybe still trying on different strategies for size and not just marketing in and of itself, but maybe even selling. I feel like I see this a lot with people who are like, everyone's saying try webinars or try to sell on a Facebook Live or try to sell a course or a high-end program or whatever. Although we've tried literally all of them. Literally everything, right? And you're going to know what feels right. And we've been told by people we've paid and trusted to try certain strategies that like out of their mouth, me and Abby, I could just tell we're like cringing internally. Like, well, if you say it's going to work, I guess we can try it, but that feels really shitty, but I guess we're going to try it. And that mm-hmm. it, guess what guys, it didn't work. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. it led to nothing and we quickly scrapped it. And so I guess I'm just saying, if you're still in that beginning stage where you're putting things on for size, that part's okay. But the advice I would love to give you is try to fill it out super quickly and gut check it really fast and then try something else. Mm-hmm. So, okay. 
if I'm buying everything you're putting down, which <laughs> so far, pretty pretty much I'm feeling you here, how does it fit in? If I am coming into alignment with strategies that work for me in my business, if I'm listening to like all the feedback I'm getting with actual results versus the way it makes me feel versus the way it's performing. Maybe I'm tweaking the strategies I am using in a way that does feel more in alignment, not necessarily leaving certain platforms, although Mm -hmm. I could do that. Mm -hmm. How does that avatar ultimately fit in? Like once we're ready to be like, okay, I've gotten this where I like it. What do I do to add that piece? Oh, I love this question. Yes. And this is a secondary, more kind of like next level question. So if you are there with all that, that premise, you know, that you just laid out, if you are there, things are feeling good for you. And now you want to make sure that what you're doing is not only aligned with you, but also aligned with your ideal client. Ask the questions you already know to ask. And allow your idea of your ideal client and the more firmed up you can get that, the better, like the more accurate and true you can get that, the better. We don't want to make too many assumptions before we experiment and test things out. Got to know that person. But once you do know who your ideal client is, allow that intel to shape what you say and how you say it. I think this is a hugely overlooked asset that knowing your ideal client avatar can give you. Because by knowing yourself, you can know what platforms you want to show up on. You can figure out how you want to show up on that platform. And then once you show up, you have to make sure that your message, what you're saying, how you're positioning things is positioned for the client that you're trying to attract. And their words, where they're at, what they're craving, what their desired state is, that's all so valid once you've decided where you're going to show up and how you're going to show up. That's how I bring it in. Hmm. It all makes so much sense to me. And I feel like it's something we have paid attention to. And it's there has been seasons where we've fallen away from it. And I'll, I'll tell you our mistakes because, you know, you might as well have been airing all our dirty laundry, so mm-hmm. might as well keep going. <laughs> I think one of the things we've done that has made this difficult and we made it difficult is we love all the people. And so, like, mm-hmm. we keep wanting to, like, expand what that group of people looks like and so we're like and we can help you baby and we can help you little baby business over here and we can help you Mm -hmm. and while that might be true it does definitely make our messaging a little wonky like I literally Mm -hmm. had this conversation with Emily earlier today while we will continue to speak to the female creative entrepreneur I do think there is an asset in us drilling down and saying do we want to speak to more photographers? Do we want to speak to more people in the wedding industry? Do we want to speak to more people over here? Because creative entrepreneurs is very broad, <laughs> very broad. And I think it, regardless of size, regardless of where you're at in your business or how much you've sold, I think our tendency is to want to have that avatar be like a little bit of all the kind of people we like Mm -hmm. instead Mm -hmm. of like the person we want to serve. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to speak into this because there's a couple angles that, and this comes up all the time, the niching, like deciding then who the ideal client avatar is. So a couple things as it relates to your specific situation, when you started your business, when you both came together five years ago, Five years ago, the internet and the industry that served female creative entrepreneurs, just creative entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs in general, let's like take it even wider. The industry was different back then as it is right now. And so back then, five years ago, you had more ability to stay wide frame in your niche, right? You could speak to more people because there were less people speaking to that group. And so... 
that was fine. That was fine five years ago. You obviously made it work. The farther we get into this and the more people that get into the industry, take different angles. I think if you're just now getting into a business today and that's like, this is your first business, very first business you're ever starting, or you've had several businesses and now you're starting something new or a new arm. I think as it stands today, you're going to need to be niched, more niched right out the gate than you had to be five years ago. So there's that, right? Plus, now where you're at right now, because you have such a strong foundation and a really strong sphere of influence within your brand, you have the flexibility now to be, I don't want to say less focused, but you have a bit more flexibility in who you can and want to speak to. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. It may complicate it on your end. Like, I I mean, I've been (laughs) part of those projects. Like, I know how complicated that can be. You have the flexibility to do it. And you also have the choice. It's always your choice to say, we want to speak to a specific person and or we don't want to speak to another person or a different person. And I'm going to put a caveat into this because it, for me, it always comes back to personality type. Depending on your personality type, you are reacting to this part of our conversation differently. So, and I've had this, I've made this point on my podcast before. There's a tribe of personality types called the Sentinel tribe that really, really rebel against the idea of niching because it goes against like everything that they want to uphold in the world because they're very people focused. I feel like that might be me. Nah, not quite. You're not far off because you've got the J, but not quite. It gets more intense for you. I promise. It gets more intense for some people. So if you're (laughs) feeling like that as an INFJ, you better know like there are people that are feeling it even more intensely than you. And so for someone in the Sentinel tribe, the idea of niching is it like puts literal pressure on their chest. Meanwhile, there are other tribes, other personality types that are like niching, getting super niche. Yeah, totally cool. Like that makes sense. Cool. Let's do it. So (laughs) as with anything. I think I get it from like a logical perspective, but from a like feeling place Mm -hmm. because I am a feeler, you guys, very much so. From that place, I struggle with it because I definitely have this desire to help more people. But as I've watched, well, my husband and I are building this business. And while it's a wellness company, we've decided to niche ourselves, which is really hard. And I struggle with it all the time because I'm still not totally sure. But I am pushing him politely in a direction. Whether he takes it and runs Mm -hmm. with it, I don't know. But he's started... And it's working. He's started building an audience of people who want to learn about organic gardening. That is so specific. Mm-hmm. Like, but he has a hundred people in his Facebook group, which is like 10 times as active as my Facebook group that has 1100 people in it. <laughs> and I am beyond frustrated at him. <laughs> but I think it's because he has picked something that is very specific. There is a need. People have a lot of questions. And he has presented it as this is the place you come for questions. Now, he hasn't completely monetized it yet. But the opportunity is there. And here I am over here wanting to be just all about wellness. We're talking mental health and spiritual health and taking care of your body and using oils and products and all the things that I struggle with because I love all of it. Like I could just talk about it all day long. Mm-hmm. nearly as much as I could talk about a business, which is saying something. And so because I presented in that way, I think I have cultivated an audience of people that just want to listen rather than feel the opportunity to participate in something greater. And I'll tell you what, as someone who has sold a lot of stuff over several years, the more you can get people to feel a part of something rather than being talked to or preached to, they're much more friendly with their wallets. <laughs> but really. Yeah. So like if you can build a niche where people feel like they're a part of something, 
I think that makes a really big difference. But Emily, how in the heck are you doing that? Because I feel, how do you make earrings specific? You can't. Like everybody has ear holes. And not everybody, everybody has ear holes. Well, I have already found myself niching in the sense that I had a good friend of mine last night ask for, I wish you just made more minimalist, smaller earrings. And I said, well, you're going to have to go somewhere else for that because that's literally not my jam. I've talked to you and a couple of people about my transition to really be more creating art for your ears and not right. just earrings. I've talked to you about, I don't really like making the same kind of shape and mixing up different things. So I think that that's a certain type of shop in and of itself of where, you know, there's not always going to be stock or you might not always know what to expect or they're going to be bigger or whatever. So I don't know. But who are you speaking to with that? I mean, I guess, is it just someone who, I just don't know how you talk to that person. I'm following Brit's advice and I'm just honoring what I like. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Britt, what, what do you have to say about all that? Well, I was getting very excited listening to Emily. And, you know, this is, is going to open up a can of worms, but you both self-identify as an INFJ. And I also see you as two very different INFJs. And I see, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm a huge, huge fan of talking about the Enneagram. And I see different parts of your personality and your preferences and your motivations coming out and how you're talking about this. And from the moment I started listening to you all, it's been years now, and understanding the two different personalities behind the mic, I would say, Emily, you have a strong conviction in that, hey, what I want I'm going to go get that. Like, I, like I'm going to make sure that happens. And, yep. and that's so attractive because that's just simply you. And on the flip side, Abby, you have that I am for the people. Like, I see you all and I love you all and I care for you all. And that is equally attractive because you can tell that's innately you. So I... Mm-hmm. I want to be here and just say, like, you're both doing fine. You're both being fine. (laughs) And I encourage you to continue simply asking questions of yourself and getting really honest about what really does feel good. And I don't want to change it. Like, I don't want to tell you, Abby, like, go be more like Emily. And I don't want to tell Emily, go be more like Abby, because that's not the point. This is more like, this is feeling good to me and I'm going to show up and honor it regardless of what logic says. And I can say that because I'm not an analyst tribe member in the personalities and I'm not driven by logic, nor are you. So <laughs> logic can take a back seat. Let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's honor those My feelings. husband hates that about me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's okay. Oh, he can go like, hate why? that. This doesn't make any sense. He probably mm-hmm. secretly loves that too. <laughs> Like it's, it's probably like, I wish I was more they like that. On some level. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, we married Brit, very listen to man. talk strategy to me. And I would love mm-hmm. to hear three to five action steps for our listeners to take who are like, okay, okay. I want to be more aligned with my marketing. I want to make it more about me in the way that's actually going to feel good and, and also benefit my client and customer. And then if you have any resources that you could share where people could maybe just learn a little bit more about their type or marketing, that would be great. Yeah, for sure. So number one, I encourage you as a listener to consider and chew on and marinate in this idea that you matter. If you don't matter more than your ideal client avatar, you at least matter as much as your ideal client avatar, right? I would say more, but you know, if you can't get there, start really considering that. Let that bounce around in your head for a couple days. Feel into that and see what that can do to how you approach your marketing. Second of all, once you can kind of get on that same wavelength, and I'm sure that maybe you're listening right now and you're like, after listening to us talk about this, you're like, yeah, there's something to that. That's pretty cool. Next thing is to realize that marketing that feels good is marketing that works. Because I'm going to take it way back to the very beginning of what we were talking about. When you show up in a way that feels good to you, you are your most magnetic self. If you can feel good showing up, you will be Mm -hmm. magnetic. 
If you're showing up not feeling good, you are not magnetic. And marketing is magnetism. Like that is what we're trying to do. We're trying to attract and magnetize. So wrap your head around that. I know this is more like ideological thinking through things, but hey, that's a lot of my work. Like that's a lot of my work because if we can get through those two major mental roadblocks, number three is really easy. You go to marketingpersonalities.com and you find out what your best marketing strategy includes for free based on what your Myers-Briggs personality type is. That's step number three. I mean, yeah, it would be really easy for me to say, just go there. All of your questions will be answered. All of your problems will be solved. And, you know, when I launched this business, that is kind of where I started. I was like, oh, just go to the website. Everything's going to be great. But what I've learned is that we have these two major mental psych and I, you know, psychological roadblocks to even when you go to that website, if you don't realize that you matter just as much as your ideal client and marketing that feels good is marketing that works. I mean, you'll go there, you'll learn some stuff and you'll drop it within hours. It's like, it is what it is. So consider, chew on that stuff. And then of course, I invite you over to marketingpersonalities.com to find out what marketing that feels good actually looks like for you based on personality type. And, you know, that kind of answers your final question, Emily, that where do we go? You know, marketingpersonalities.com and you'll find all the goods. I do have a podcast. I'm not publishing new episodes anymore, but you can go binge listen if you haven't listened to it yet. Lots of episodes over there. And I tend to be pretty active on Instagram, depending on my mood, because, you know, moods matter. (laughs) Well, Britt, thank you so much for coming back to the show. We'll make sure to list your first episode that we had on what feels like 17 years ago in the show notes and all of your (laughs) links so our listeners can go ahead and hang out with you more online. Thanks, Britt. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor. To get podcast updates and all the behind-the-scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you'd join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details really love this show, it would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.